You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, I am looking ahead to the next two weeks because we do have the all-star break, the split week system, whatever you want to call it, for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. I'm dubbing this week 17. Some sites will call it week 17. Some sites will call it 17 and 18 combined, however you want to look at it. And that's where playoff week nomenclature gets really weird. And again, so when you tweet at me, hey, I've got something happening in week 21, it's it's more specific. It's better to be more specific and use dates because, again, some sites will use the first half of this as week 17 and then the next half as week 18, and then it can muck things up. But this is week 17 and week 18 pushed into one week, however you want to look at it. That's where we're at because the All-Star break is upon us. Eight day, eight days of NBA action across two weeks. So we have a, a split in the middle of six days off Friday through to Wednesday. Four games, six days off, another four games. That is how the schedule is going to work for this upcoming week. So streaming is going to be tough. Just to, or not, not tough. I guess setting weekly lineups is going to be tougher because uh, we don't know what's going to happen by the end of the week. At least we're not in that weird situation where it used to be, where the trade deadline would happen in the middle of the All-Star uh, break and people would get traded during this time off and then you wouldn't know if guys were playing or not. We should have all of our traded guys ready to go by the start of this week. Um, usually, your waiver acquisition limit is the same as what it would be for a single week. And, and that makes sense because even though this is spread over two weeks, we still only really got one week's worth of games being played. As I said, eight days worth of games in this two-week period, which is the same as like seven days normally. So you're still using your waiver acquisitions in, in a similar way. So it starts off the week with nine games on Monday, five on Tuesday, 11 on Wednesday, and then just the two on Thursday before we head into the extended all-star break. We come back after that on the Thursday with six games, nine on the Friday, seven on the Saturday, and seven on the Sunday. So in general, eight or fewer are days that I look to stream. So we're looking at Tuesday, we're looking at Thursday, we're looking at Thursday again, Saturday and Sunday, but you could also attack the Monday, you could also attack the Friday in that uh, in that second week as well because they are nine game days and you might be able to stream on those days as well. It all just depends on how your roster looks and where your active guys are from, what teams they play for, and whether you can actually get that guy in on that day. In general, I say 50-50, whether you can do it on a nine-game day, anything eight or less, you generally can. So when we look at this week ahead, there's only one team who's who plays four quality games, and that is the Chicago Bulls. They have the first Tuesday, they have the second Thursday, and then the weekend back-to-back on the Saturday, Sunday. That's really key. Now, of course, they're a complete mess, and we don't know what's going to be happening with someone like Chris Dunn. It also appears that guys like Wendell Carter Jr., Larry Markinen, and... Um, 
the other guy that I'm completely forgetting, Otto Porter, uh, likely to be back towards the end of the month, maybe the start of the next month. So we're probably not going to have those guys ready. So that's going to mean guys like Luke Cornett or Dan Gafford or maybe Chris Felicia. Again, we still don't know what this nonsense is going to uh, throw out there for us, but there could be value in those guys. We don't know if Chris Dunn is going to return. So someone like Kobe White and Chandler Hutchison can have stream value on those days if Dunn doesn't play with those... Um, with those four quality games and that really important back-to-back at the end of the week. For weekly leagues, there's only one team that plays two games, and it's your mates, the New York Knicks. We are, of course, not starting anybody at all on that squad. They are the only team with two games, and nearly everybody plays four games. There are only seven teams that play under four games. The Cavs, the Magic, the Sixers, Rockets, Grizzlies, Clippers, they all have three, and then the Knicks have two. Now, some of those three games teams, like the Clippers like the Rockets and the Sixers, all three of their games are on low-volume days. Contrast it with the Magic, who have zero low-volume low days in that time frame with their three games. You go up to the Suns, who have four games. They have one quality game. The Pelicans have three out of their four as quality games. The Celtics also have three out of four, as do the Oklahoma City Thunder. So when we're looking at teams to stream, we're looking at the Bulls, we're looking at the Pelicans, the, the, the Celtics... Uh, the Thunder, the Sixers, the Rockets, and the Clippers, because you add those guys and you can get multiple games out in that in terms of preserving your acquisitions for the week. Again, if you're streaming just on those streaming days, you look for the best player that suits your team better. But when you're trying to get the most out of those acquisitions, teams that have more quality games, adding those guys mean you can get two or three games for the price of one versus you know adding a guy from, say, uh, the Timberwolves and they have the, the one quality game because they play on Monday and Wednesday in the first half of the week. So someone, maybe it is Malik Beasley, maybe it's Wancho Hernan Gomez and you add them and then you don't get any utilization from them until you head to the final day of this 14-day 14, uh, 14 period on the Sunday, which is probably the only time you're going to be able to use someone like that. So it is really important to understand that game volume is important, but game placement and game location is equally as important. And we've seen that so many times. Now, if we're going to go by that streaming schedule, we're looking at Tuesday as our first stream and then Thursday as our second one. Again, Wednesday with 11 games, probably can't stream. So we're looking at the Tuesday, Thursday pseudo back-to-back. The Pelicans have that combination. Josh the Hitman Hart really sticks out to me as an option. You go JJ Redick as someone we can look at there as well. Lonzo, of course, needs to be rostered everywhere. Derek Favors, if he was dropped, he's a strong pickup for that little period. I still think he's he's a, a soft hold at this point. You could go in deepers. You could go at someone like Nicole O'Malley if for that Tuesday Thursday combo. You've got the Celtics who've got the Tuesday Thursday as well. Depends on what happens with Daniel Tice, but Ennis Cantor, he'd probably still be an option anyway. But you could have a look at someone like Grant Williams. And then depending on what's happening with the other guys like Tatum and uh, and the Hi Fi Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. You could have someone like even Romeo Langford who really stepped up last game and his shot blocking numbers. I looked at his G League numbers. He's blocking 1.6 shots per game in the G League as a guard. That is ridiculous. That is like if he can keep like Danny Green, Derek White type shot blocking guard numbers, that's something that does give him a path to fantasy relevance at some point in the future. So that's something to keep an eye on for Romeo Langford. The Thunder also have that Tuesday-Thursday combination. Uh, maybe, I was going to say maybe it's Terrence Ferguson. It's absolutely not Terrence Ferguson. Uh, Nerlens Noel should be rostered anyway, but here, if he's not, that's a great opportunity to use him. Maybe you could look at Lou Dort, but outside of Gallinari, Paul, Schroeder, Gildas Alexander, Adams, and Noel, which is six strong guys, it just drops off to absolutely nothing after that for the majority of those Thunder guys. And then you've got the Clippers with the Tuesday-Thursday as well. Marcus Morris, while he is a, a long-term drop, that's a, a great opportunity for him there. 
there. Uh, you got guys like Ivica Zubats who could have a role in that spot. Landry Shamit as well, depending especially on the status of uh, Patrick Beverly, who's been dealing with some groin soreness. There is an opportunity there on that Tuesday, Thursday. The way to we can also stream this as well is the two Thursdays in a row, the last day before the break and the first day after the break. So looking at those teams that have that, and unfortunately, there's no teams that have that combination. Those teams that play that last day, the, the Pelicans, the Celtics, the Thunder, and the Clippers, they don't play on the first day back. They're all back on the Friday. So what we're then looking for is Thursday-Saturday combinations and Saturday-Sunday back-to-backs. So the Thursday-Saturday, as we talked about already, the Bulls have that combo. Uh, the Heat have that combo as well. The uh, Charlotte Hornets have that combo, who are waving everybody, apparently. The Sacramento Kings have that. The Atlanta Hawks have that. The Brooklyn Nets have that combination, um, which is this team. The Milwaukee Bucks have that as do the Philadelphia 76ers and the Houston Rockets. So lots of opportunities for you on that Thursday, Saturday. And then the back-to-back to round out the week, as I mentioned, the Bulls, they are the only team that have that Saturday, Sunday back-to-back to finish things off. Now, we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, and I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding the time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, yeah, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can go you can go join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm.com slash NBA. Now, let's look at some players who I think we can add, especially for, for weaker leagues when we're looking at options there, guys that could be uh, players that you, know, you might not you might not look at as, uh, as good options, but with nearly everyone playing four games this week, it's not as important to find those little uh, little options. Ishmith and Shabazz Napier for the Washington Wizards, they have four games. They are strong ads. We don't know how that's going to run necessarily. You could look at Troy Brown as an option there as well. Rui Hachimura, if he's on the wire, he's an option there with the four games they have coming up. Uh, Reggie Jackson in Detroit, of course, Christian Wood should be rostered. I'm not really that sold on Thon McCare. Now, he did start the last game for the Pistons and put up some pretty okay numbers, but we do have to remember that John Henson wasn't there. We have to remember that Markeith Morris wasn't there. And then you also have to remember that Derek Rose, Luke Kennard, Svi Luke also weren't there. Now, those guys don't play the same position, but minutes and usage, it pushes guys out the lineup. We don't know what, uh, and this is why I, I wrote this on Basketball Monster the other day about Christian Wood and talking about yeah, how he maybe he's a sell high because he is getting hyped absolutely crazily. And you might... If, you, if people are just really reading this hype and Roto World's continually pushing, hey, he's early round, early round. If you can get a top 30 guy back, I wouldn't be adverse to it. We know Casey's had issues in trusting him. Again, that's two front court guys that could come back. Wood didn't start at center. He started at power forward. So will they go with McCare there at center once more? and then put Wood behind him and still probably get 28 minutes but and still be pretty good. But can he give that sort of value as well as all that usage that would then get sucked towards Rose and towards Canard and towards McKayluke? I'm not saying that Mark F. Morris is going to play 30 minutes and I because he won't. John Henson also won't. But 
It's just two more bodies that they're going to try and fit into that mix somehow, plus usage in other areas where it all seemed there was a big perfect storm for that first Christian Wood game. And I'm just a little bit cautious of it. I, I, you know that I believe in him as a permanent player. We've talked about it plenty of times and I've railed against Casey for not playing him. But if I'm going to rail against Casey for not playing, I've also got to be yeah, cognizant to the fact that Casey may not play him as much as we move forward because that has been his MO, despite some of the comments he has made in the media. But that's enough talking about that. Um, Josh the Hitman Hart, as I mentioned, both of the Bridgeses, Miles Bridges, and those of you asking, Marvin Williams getting waived does not affect Miles Bridges. Michael Kidd Gilchrist getting waived does not affect Miles Bridges. Michael Kidd Gilchrist wasn't playing. Marvin Williams was playing uh, as a backup, and the last game before he was waived wasn't in the rotation. Bridges' minutes have been consistent. He is playing better now, but losing those two guys from the team doesn't necessarily make Washington better or make Bridges better because those guys had their opportunity. And again, the last game the Hornets played, Go and have a look at the rotation. Williams and Kid Gilchrist weren't even in it. So that should give you a decent indication of where things sit with this team. But again, adding the Bridges looks good. So does Malik Monk. Um, value there. Damian Lee, the, the triangle, Eric Pascal, the lubricant, Kai Bowman, all those guys for the Warriors have some value with the four games coming up this uh, this week also. So there is quite a few guys. You can check it all out on our weekly projections, our schedule analyzer over on Basketball Monster as well. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.